Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Ask Dr. Ben, the podcast. I so appreciate you guys following along, and I get lots of nice well wishes from people telling me that they really do enjoy this time together. I suppose we're together in some odd (laughs) virtual way. So I'm going to keep doing them, and today I feel compelled to give sort of a pandemic insights update. I've done a couple of these and sometimes they can get a little wonky in trying to understand. But my take is people who are listening to my podcasts are intelligent and inquisitive and intellectually curious, if you will, and want to hear all sides of all stories. And of course, when it comes to the pandemic, many opinions abound. The problem we have, though, is there does seem to be a lot of misinformation. And, you know, you've heard me say, if you've listened to these before, that viruses appear to be a man-made construct. There is no historical evidence that could possibly suggest how they could come out of nowhere. The majority of scientists believe that the, well, the leading theory, I guess I would say, because I don't think scientists are really looking into it. I don't think people are asking questions. I have no idea why medicine has no curiosity as to where, why would a virus, a brand new virus pop up out of nowhere? Because they're mostly RNA viruses. So this is a really important concept to understand. An RNA virus is a piece of genetic code. It does not have a brain. It is not capable of modifying itself. It is not capable of sprouting out of nowhere. And the thing that brought my curiosity to a head was that these viruses are, you know, 30 and 40,000 nucleic acids long. That means each addition to that nucleic acid, starting at one, okay, starting at one, going to two, going to three, going to 10, going to 100. Each of those is its own unique, according to the research, according to the scientists, genetic anomaly, an accidental error that just added another piece of nucleic acid to the mix. And then they just kept adding and adding and adding. And I am telling you that is scientific nonsense. That is not possible. And, you know, especially when you're going 30,000 and each code that they're finding in whatever population they're claiming is it's arised in, like, so if it's from bats, you know, each code is oddly resembling genes, literally gene coding. So in other words, it goes into your DNA and it triggers your DNA to do something very specific. It's not some random, oh yeah, it just kind of works its way into your cell and just kind of disrupts things. No, no, it's telling your cells to make specific proteins. It's, it has unique strategies designed to avoid human detection. 
and they're telling us that this is just a random event. I'm telling you, it is scientific nonsense. And so then I had someone ask me, because rightfully so, they're like, well, but wait, what about all these doctors who are saying there's evidence for viruses in tissue they found in prehistoric tissue that they found. And what I would say to them is there's evidence of a series of nucleic acids stuck together that resemble something they find in a virus. That is not evidence of a virus. There is tons of RNA running around in our system. So if there's some sampling from a frozen piece of tissue or a you know historic fossil, they're measuring simply a few aspects of RNA that bodies are making all the time. So it would not surprise me that they have similar patterns because they're both biologically active. But the idea that somehow your body just processes out 30,000 pieces of nucleic acid in the perfect combination to create actual biologic activity in our highly, highly complex human body. It's just, just not going to happen. It is, is not logic. If a mathematician were to look at what are the chances that 30 random sequence, 30,000 random sequences would be stuck together in just the perfect way for the first 10,000 sequences to be a gene that evades T-cells and for the next 10,000 to perfectly fit to be a gene that allows for entrance into our respiratory cells in a unique way. Like you've got to walk through it to realize it's crazy. But the problem we have, of course, is there are no physicians questioning the manufacturing of a virus. There are no, well, at least not publicly, but even in the research studies that are out there, like they're all pointing to, hey, it looks like viruses may be the cause of autoimmune disease. They're literally saying this in the viral research studies. So that tells you again, or should give you pause. Why are the autoimmune communities not being apprised of the possibility that this may be a virus? Why is there not massive attention related to addressing where viruses come from and how we can best treat them? Like all of that seems absolutely nuts to me. Now, in my own internal testing of viruses and their susceptibility to frequency medicine, I found that they can be susceptible. I make a product called Immune Defense that appears to have a quite remarkable impact on viruses. And specifically, my protocol for COVID is one dose by weight. So if you're, you know, less than 100 pounds, that's a bottle. If you're 100 to 150 pounds, that's a bottle and a half. And if you're over 150 pounds to 200 pounds, that's two bottles, so forth and so on. And so one dose separated by 12 hours, and then you take a second dose. So it's a two-dose protocol. I'm not aware of a failure on that protocol, so I encourage you to give that consideration. And if you have an autoimmune condition, you should look at our wellness protocols. They should be posted on osmosisbeauty.com, and we've had amazing success in a variety of conditions that you would not think would be susceptible to frequency medicine. It is, it's an outside the box thing. If you're a physician listening to this, you're like rolling your eyes. And I know I get it. Like we're not, we're not studying quantum physics. We're not studying the energetic activity of our cells. But if you did, if you spent the time to dive deep into the quantum physics version of our biology, 
it's all about energy fields and altering energy fields. So that's the path I've chosen to take. I'm not really confident in any of the antivirals that are being proposed currently. And today was really triggered by something I heard on the news, which I almost never watch now because I find there are no news channels that are saying accurate information, let alone, I mean, to me, it's all propaganda. They're trying to either incite fear or they're definitely trying to divide us. You know, I I try to stay out of the politics. Hopefully you're going to hear from me today that, you know, the mistake in politics today is believing that either the left or the right are the solution. There is only one solution to our politics today, and it is pervasive. It's not just our politicians. It's in every structure that has any power. It's in even the simplest of things like, uh, you know, there's corruption throughout the system, all the way down to the local governments, all throughout um, heads uh, organizations. There's evidence that's already been reported on CDC corruption, World Health Organization corruption, the IMF corruption, pretty much every government in the country. So the corruption is everywhere. And my point is to say this, You can get all excited and angry about one candidate being better than the other, but they all kind of end up doing the same thing. There's always more war and more military industrial complex funding. Our taxes are always being rerouted to things that I don't think we would vote for if we could. And so we need to throw all the politicians out and we should stop elections until we can come up with a structure where money's not allowed in the system. And trust me when I say everything you do is tracked. Like all of that information is is free and available. You surely have heard that your computers, you know, record data. They don't just disperse data and your phones are always listening. I have crazy stories of people who are having conversations near their phone and then getting emails related to those conversations, random emails. Like one person was talking about getting a... Um, I don't know, a Czechoslovakian visa or something. And the next thing she knows, she's getting a, an email about Czechoslovakian visas, totally random next day from the conversation they were having. So I can tell you that not to go too deep into a conspiracy hole for you here, but all that data is available. All the data you've ever documented is available. And you say, well, why would they even bother tracking it? They have very large computer systems and they track all of this stuff. It serves them one day. They might go back and go, oh, look, so-and-so is running for governor. What do we have in their records? Oh, look, look at all the, oh, look at the website she was looking at uh, in her 20s. Oh, man, we've got some. And then they go in and they use that data to sway her vote and to affect her politics. And they're not going to let people win that don't have they're going to use, and, and you say, how do they not let someone win? Well, they fund another candidate. They run the political operation. So it is a mess of a system. And I'm just telling you that you need to vote to not vote. Like, I, I really just think we've, we've got to start marching in the streets and demanding for honest elections and honest people being taken into office. And anyway, so that's my little rant there. But let's get back to the pandemic and the situation. So here we have a situation now where the latest I've heard is that the idea of herd immunity is a crazy idea, the idea of madmen. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny to me because let's walk through a little bit of the concept here of this vaccination program. So 
One of the most important things and one of the best ways for you to know whether or not you should be holding out all hope for vaccines is a study that was just recently published in the Annals of Internal Medicine that discussed the fact that flu vaccines don't work at all. Flu vaccines do not reduce mortality. They do not reduce the effects of the flu. And, oh, by the way, go a couple of years back and you look at another study that just showed that if you get the flu vaccine, it makes you more susceptible to have more morbidity and mortality to other respiratory infections. So let's be clear. 80 years of vaccinating for the flu all the modifications and the expertise and everybody analyzing everything. And the flu vaccine is not only not effective at all, it's harmful. In the research, I can't believe this research was allowed to be published. It's crazy. I can't believe more doctors aren't talking about the research, but let's just go with the facts as they lie. So you want to hold out for a brand new vaccine that has really not been tested for safety because everything's being rushed a brand new vaccine, and you think that's what we hold out for? And I'm telling you, no. No, herd immunity is the solution. And herd immunity is a real thing. Like, we have to get healthy. You've heard me say you have to oxygenate your tissue because oxygen-free radicals are what fight off viruses best. So you want to be exercising. You want to be avoiding smoking. You want to be trying to work on your deeper sources for your allergies so that you're not taking allergy medicine. You want to have a healthy microbiome because I believe that a microbiome is one of the faster ways for a virus to work their way. I should say a depleted microbiome is one of the fastest ways for the virus to work its way in because it's working with a compromise form of bug. And remember, those bugs are your bugs. Like you're made up of 65 trillion bugs that don't have your DNA. So they work their way in through that pathway more than any. And so those are the areas I recommend. I do not overdose on um, antioxidants. I do not believe in vitamin C therapy to prep yourself for this virus should you face it. And so when it comes down to it, there is no vaccine savior happening here. And the funny thing is that it's well proven that if you get the infection, you have a way better immune memory, if you will. You have a much better immunity going forward to the virus if you get exposed to it. Remember, when they give you a vaccine, they're giving you some version of that virus, like some, let's say it's 30,000 I believe that's what it is, 30,000 nucleic acid chain of RNA. So they modify it in one way or another, in theory. Who knows what they're really doing? Wouldn't it be nice for them to tell us, hey, this is the strategy we're using. We're going to take all this code of the virus, but we're going to leave off that piece of the code. And hopefully your body will have a protective response to it. Really? That's what you're going to do? As opposed to actually getting the infection. So listen, even if vaccines were marginally effective... Marginally, And again, 80 years of flu vaccines and they're not effective at all. Okay. But let's say it was marginally effective. It is nowhere near as effective as the virus and you will still be susceptible to the virus and you could still die from the virus. It's a very, very high chance. If the flu vaccine does not reduce mortality rates, then it's a very, very, very high chance that this brand new vaccine relatively untested is going to reduce mortality rates. And my point of saying this is this. 
we've got to get back to civilization again. You know, I don't think, you know, everyone's talking about the deaths. Oh, if you do herd immunity and just let the healthy get sick first, that's going, uh, how are you going to keep the, the elderly and the, the feeble from getting infected? And the answer is the same way you're going to do it with the vaccine program. You're going to tell them to wear masks. You're going to tell them to uh, be careful of large public venues. You're going to tell them to be weary of, of family visits, but ideally I wouldn't say to get rid of them, first of all, because I think, you know, immune defense is a solution for them, but also because life has to go on people. Like our world is being destroyed, literally destroyed. If you don't understand the impact of families in all these countries in the U S equally as, as to all these other countries, I mean, People becoming destitute. They're going to end up homeless without a job, without an employment pool. There's not even going to be jobs available because all small business, 60% of small businesses are closing and probably not reopening. That should give pause to everybody. So they're destroying our way of life by mandating what they're mandating. There is no optimistic view of significant return of employment because everybody's moving to automation. Uh, right? Your food delivery is trying to become automated. The customer service is becoming automated. Store checkers automated, you know, automation at the airport, automation everywhere. What does automation mean? Automation means no more employment. So we have a problem. We have economy going into the greatest depression of all time. We have no employment. And I'm sorry, this is sounding a little bit political, but I, you know, this is pandemic. This is, this is the key focus of the pandemic. Like we're all sitting around going, Oh gosh, what this new pharmaceutical company may have a new idea. Okay, great. Like, no, there is no hope there. The hope is herd immunity. And they say, and the biggest thing I heard on the news the other day was, Oh my gosh, the deaths that will occur from herd immunity. Listen, The deaths are going to occur from vaccinations or they're going to occur from herd immunity. The question is, are we going to wait a year or two more years until we have that vaccine to find out that, oh, yeah, the same number of deaths are going to occur? And I'm sorry if you have family or loved ones that have passed. I'm not trying to sound insensitive here. I'm, I'm trying to sound the alarms of a massive shift in the loss of the middle class, a massive increase to the impoverished and uh, the destitute and a massive increase in homeless. And for what? It's not going to reduce the death rate. Like, let's get a strategy going. Like, we should stop talking about our school children staying at home. Uh, We should start talking about them becoming immunized through herd immunity. And that way, this is going to reduce the spread. Remember how viruses work. Typically, the more virulent the virus, the more quickly our body can disable it. And that's really here the secret is uh, that it is our body that causes mutations in viruses. RNA viruses do not self-mutate. RNA viruses, which is what COVID is, which is what the flu is, which is what measles is, which is what like all these stories of if you want to go into the past in the history of vaccinations, I can tell you that viruses die off. Viruses go away because there is a herd immunity that develops. They don't spread fast enough. There may still be people who don't have herd immunity and they may get that virus, but they're only spreading it to a few susceptible people. So that whole infection line where one person takes it into one group diminishes quickly as everybody who gets it 
becomes immune. And yes, not everyone is going to become immune. Some people are going to be susceptible to repeated infections and all of that can be studied and evaluated. And the advice I gave you earlier about how to build your immune system to protect it. And again, osmosis has another oxygenating immune fighter. If you have someone who is a high risk for this infection, we have a patented product called Immune Activator, which is something you take a dropper full a day and it provides a type of oxygen to the system that is excellent at fighting viruses. So, you know, the solutions we have, I think, are incredible, and I'm still trying to figure out how to get a research institute to test them because there's all these ethical guidelines of they want FDA-proven medication. They've already turned me down. The FDA turned me down. Like, I'm telling you, I'm trying, and I'm looking at some other possible ways to try to get more evidence of it. But what you need to know in this very polarizing election is that neither side is going to be giving you a satisfactory answer. And I, I really just don't like either side. And I, so I'm trying to stay, I am an independent by nature, but I could be swayed environmentally to a liberal cause. I can be swayed financially to a conservative cause on one thing or another, but I'm so repulsed by the entire process and the lack of support for the vast majority of humanity. If you haven't figured it out, politicians are supporting the people who fund their campaigns. They're in it for survival. They're not looking to really help you. There are very few politicians who are altruistic and really actually just wanting to help the planet. You can see how well these um, environmental laws are holding up. And if you're somebody who's like, oh, Dr. Johnson, why are you talking about more environmental laws when, you know, it's hampering the economy? Because there is no dollar amount you can put on the poisoning of the planet. The poisoning of the planet is one of the great tragedies of our current civilization. And so you want to say, oh, I really want... Pick a company. I really want Monsanto to thrive and make more money. Why do you care if some large corporation has a higher profit margin? It ain't trickling down to you. But that water is trickling down to you and your oceans and your public water supply. The pesticide water I'm talking about when if I'm just talking Monsanto. So I'm just telling you, don't be coerced into the, I just want a good economy because it seems to help everybody. No, the poisoning of the planet, the destruction of our trees, the poisoning of our air, all of this is hurting you and your family and your loved ones. And you can just trust me when I say there's no amount of dollar profit for the large institute that's doing this, who's avoiding having to do the cleanup or who is avoiding the million dollar process it would take to stop dumping in our rivers. There is no dollar amount that can be justified for that. So anyway, that's my little rant on that front. But I'm also going to rant against, you know, this liberal outcry that we can't send people back to school, that we have to hold off for the vaccine because more people are going to die. I mean, let's just read the literature and make our own minds up. Let's just trust that we know, and every one of you listening to this knows that your politicians are corrupt. But I think we've all kind of defaulted to, what are we going to do about it? I'll pick the best of the bunch. And I'm saying, no, let's start marching. And I know this is not a good time to march, but I mean, that's let's start objecting to the allowance of money in politics and objecting to the clearly corrupt practices of our governments and let's throw the bastards out 
Let's start over. Let's rewrite this thing. Let's learn from our mistakes and change because right now we're just on a continual loop. And trust me now, okay, let me paint the picture for you. If we don't act, what's going to happen is you're going to see the vaccination showing up next year. They're going to hurt, you know, some percentage of the population is going to be hurt by it. It might potentially create increased deaths for flu victims, right? Because we know that flu vaccines increase deaths for COVID. So it's probably likely that COVID vaccines are going to increase deaths for flu. And oh, by the way, remember, it probably isn't going to work. Like we're pretty clear on this at this point. Remember, this is just a piece of code. So then you might say, well, Dr. Johnson, we have hope for the antibodies. We can spawn off a bunch of antibodies that respond to that vaccine. No, you have to look into how they're making these antibodies. Again, they're using a piece of code to try to get this antibody to go, oh, that's bad. And I don't know how they mass produce it. And I'm honestly, I don't have deep knowledge in how they even suggest it is effective in a big way. You have to remember that you have antibodies. If you get COVID, you create antibodies, but the antibodies specific for COVID are only going to be around a little bit longer, maybe 90 days longer than you have the virus. They're not going to protect you in ad infinitum, infinitum, yeah, <laughs> ad infinitum, and they're not going to protect you three months after you get the antibody test because the antibodies don't last in your system. They might help you during an infection, but I don't think so because honestly, what's not being talked about is that everybody, pretty much everybody, except for let's say less than 5% of the population produces a healthy amount of antibodies. It's not an antibody shortage that is the problem. The problem is that our cells are not equipped to fight the virus at the cellular level. And antibodies are more of the alarm system going around telling your body, hey, we got a fire in sector G. Let's get some immune cells and gather them over here. Well, in a normal person with normal health, their system does that already. So I don't think antibodies are going to have any significant level of reduced morbidity or mortality either. And no one's talking about those being launched anytime soon. And anyway, it's just another misdirection. So what they're going to do is a year or two from now, they're going to go, oh, well, it turns out that wasn't the greatest thing to hold out for. This isn't as effective as we thought. We're still seeing quite a few deaths. Or they're going to misrepresent the data and say, oh, we would have seen a lot more deaths had we not had this vaccine because there are, there are ways to manipulate studies to do that. So I have no faith in that. I have no faith in the vaccines. I think you could make a very reasonable assessment yourself just looking at the study showing that flu vaccines did nothing, did nothing except harm people when you combine the two studies. So why we're holding out, I have no idea. Now, part of it has to do with the fact that big pharma is going to get a big payday, right? Hundreds and hundreds of millions and billions and billions will come for vaccines that don't do anything but harm you. That is what I see as the picture. So that's my pandemic insight for today. I feel like it's a bit of a lost cause. We're not going to drown out the media. People are being scared into thinking that there's only one hope for us and it's something in the future. And okay, I'll accept the fact that our entire world around us is being destroyed. Well, I don't accept that. I think we all less than 1%. And I'm arguably the one percenter. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm a one percenter who's wholly in favor of the 99%. But the 99% of the population that have seen nothing but financial chaos and ruin from this experience are being misled. 
And that's why I'm speaking up today again in a pandemic insight because I'm I'm fed up with the misinformation on the news. Herd immunity works. It's how most viruses disappear. You know, I can't remember the last time I saw a number on how many they how many viruses they estimated are circulating, but it's tens of thousands of different viruses are circulating and that they generally get treated by our body. Our body handles viruses pretty well. It's learned through herd immunity, through its own experiences of being faced by viruses on how to disable viruses. And it's highly suspect that the well-proven to be man-made virus, can you, have, has anyone been asking lately why they're not talking about the fact that this was man-made? Why no one's investigating further how it got released? Because it was admitted that it was accidentally released at the Wunan, you know, meat market. And because the Wunan viral lab was working on this virus. And yes, that's what they do. They work on really, really nasty viruses. So you could say, oh, yeah, I guess I could see how if they're working on nasty viruses, one day one might accidentally leak out. Well, I don't see how they could do that. I don't think this was an accident. And I don't think this was a China plot. This is a much bigger picture plot. And what is the net effect? You say, oh, okay, Dr. Johnson, you want to chase that conspiracy theory. Well, then what is the real purpose down the road? What do they have to gain from this? Well, there's a large number of very influential and wealthy people who believe we have a planet population problem. So, you know, that's out there. You can decide, uh, you know, the Georgia Guidestones, who put those up, why they even talked about it. You could look at, you know, you could say, "Ah, I don't believe that. I don't believe they care about the population and they're not trying to shrink the population. Fine. But that's a pretty reasonable argument considering very influential public figures have openly said they think the, the earth, the biggest problem the earth faces is a population overload, not enough resources, they say. Okay, so that's reason number one. But I think the more nefarious, the more insidious strategy that they are going with is a massive wealth grab. So there is all because of the chaos, they're allowed to just print massive dollars. The dollars are not going to the 99%. Uh, They're arguably not even going to the 1%. They're going to the 0.1% massive trillions of dollars just being spread across and around. And there's madness happening at the one end of the spectrum. Like the wealthy are spending money like crazy, which makes the economy seem like it's doing pretty good. But the reality is, is that the 99% are destitute and struggling. And if they have a job, they're lucky to have it and they're staying with it. And and that's going to create, you know, I think uh, challenges with, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to demand proper job rights if you are scared of losing your job and knowing that you have uh, four out of your five friends. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe two two out of uh, your five. I oh, know it'd be three out of five friends uh, are unemployed and uh, struggling to figure out where to find a new job. So yes, I think it is an asset grab because when we start abandoning office buildings, when we start abandoning retail outlets, when we start abandoning homes because we 
we can no longer afford them, those will be bought up for pennies on the dollar. And now you have this sort of ruling class with all the assets. It does look like that because of the money printing, we're going to have a depreciation of the dollar uh, that's going to be very painful. So in other words, inflation is coming. Uh, Many, many experts believe that's unavoidable. And so I know this is sounding more and more political and I apologize. I know this is a health and beauty podcast, but I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated and I want people to understand it because it seems like it's outside your, your ability to know like, oh, I don't know viruses. I, I assume physicians on TV are telling the truth. These are physicians that have worked for a big pharma companies. These are physicians who are being paid by news organizations that have an agenda to sell. And they're selling fear and they're selling hope in a vaccine that has virtually no chance of succeeding. And you just can't buy into it. I'm asking you to, to do your own research on this. Write me, Dr. Ben at osmosisbeauty.com. If you have a strong opinion, you're like, you're crazy. Or you know what? I am going to chase this down a little bit more. I want to hear, I want to read the stuff you're telling me about these flu vaccines not being effective or causing, I had one lady write me and ask me for a copy of the research article that showed the flu vaccines increase your risk of other respiratory illnesses. And I still found it. It's still out there and available to be read. So all this stuff is out there. It's hiding in plain sight. It demands of you simply some time to spend on this idea of, you know, if this virus can't mutate itself, and all the mutations that are happening to these viruses around the planet are done by our intelligent body shutting the virus down, not making it more virile, not making it evade even more effectively as the story is told. Please write me so we can uh, share, you know, where my perspective comes from here. I'm not, I'm not losing it. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just frustrated with the direction it's going. And I'm frustrated uh, that the, the herd immunities being somewhat impeded. And I'm frustrated that society has been seemingly permanently altered. And of course, our planet continues to be poisoned. And nobody's focusing on that. We'll leave it there. I'll be back to much more lighter and positive topics in the future. I hope this was helpful to you. I hope this empowers you to some degree to, to, to use your voice. And even if your voice is against what I'm saying, I'm okay with that. I just want more voices out there. I want more people having the discussion and learning from each other and less of this. I just hate you because you're on the other side of the political spectrum and I'm not going to listen to anything you say. We got to get away from the polarization. Trust me when I say that is plain. And they want us to be polarized because you can't move. You can't create a movement if half of the society is on the opposite end of the pole. So uh, this this movement means we have to come together. We have to listen to each other. We have to talk through this. But I can tell you, herd immunity is the solution. It is not the wacko idea of extremists. And I don't know what else to say. So we'll stop there. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at Osmosis Beauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.